What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. Hey everybody, welcome to our latest episode of the Empire State Conservative Network podcast. This is Pete, and today we're going to be discussing breaking news, how Donald Trump will be declaring a national emergency to build the wall. He's also going to be signing a spending bill that it seems very apparent will pass through the ha- both the House and the Senate before tomorrow's deadline. Originally, funding was scheduled to end on Saturday had an agreement not been reached. We're also going to be talking about how Amazon is pulling out of New York to build one of its two HQ2 locations. We get into that. And how Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, our favorite congresswoman, continues to make a mockery of herself. But before we get into that, let's get into who this podcast is for. So first off, if you're new to the show, Welcome. The Empire State Conservative Network podcast is for New York-based conservatives who are sick and tired of being neglected by their local and state uh, officials. You're also sick and tired of being chastised by friends, family, and co-workers for thinking differently than they do, for being conservative and not liberal. Why are you conservative and they're liberal? Probably because they're ignorant about how life and policy works. So, Welcome, if you're new, and if you like the show at the end, please subscribe, whether it's on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a five-star review, it always helps. Now let's get into the meat and potatoes, or start light, and then we'll get into uh, some of the more pressing issues. So, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez announced a nationwide press tour to push the Green New Deal in the eyes of politicians and voters alike. She tweeted, quote, let's go. We're starting a 15-city tour plus a 50-state campaign starting in early primary states to build political and public support for a Green New Deal. At Sunrise Movement, hashtag, this is what democracy looks like. She also, well, she didn't say this, but it's just launching a 15-city tour while pushing legislation that calls for net zero emissions while making air travel obsolete seems contradictory and actually defies logic, yes. So, Let's begin. Let's break down this tweet one by one. So she's starting a tour to push this. Obviously, she needs it. A lot of presidential hopefuls got behind the legislation before the crash and burn at the end of last week on her website when there were some pretty stupid things in there. And then both her and the guy who helped her write this um, decided to lie on national television about, oh, no, this was just something that, you know, we were hacked by Republicans. This wasn't true, even though there's software that can be utilized to go back on website history and say, no, actually, this was a thing. People took screenshots. They were caught in a lie. This is stupid legislation regulating cow farts, trying to completely eliminate automobiles and airplanes. They tried to backtrack on that, but come on. If you read what they had to say, that's what they wanted to do. That's what they want to do. They want to be, build high-speed rails. I mentioned this before, and finally, earlier this week, I was going to touch on it, but we had more pressing issues. California Governor Gavin Newsom pulled out of building high-speed rail across California. If we can't even build high-speed rail in California, how the hell are we going to build high-speed rail all across the United States? Whether it's the continental United States or reaching Alaska or Hawaii. How are we going to do that? We're not. How are we going to travel across the Pacific or Atlantic Oceans. How are we going to do that without air travel? It's impossible, but they don't think so, because if they think it, it can happen. So, of course, how is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and company going to get to the 15 cities and the 50-state campaign? 
They're going to use air travel. They're going to use cars to travel them around. If you looked at her Uber and Lyft bills from her campaign tours while she was campaigning to get her seat in the House, then you'll understand she uses these things quite a bit. So this is just like when actors and celebrities like Leonardo DiCaprio, who, by the way, extremely talented actor. I love a lot of his movies. I'm sure you guys do too. But the fact of the matter remains, he talks about climate change a lot. He talks about reducing fossil fuels and all a lot of similar stuff to Ocasio-Cortez. Except there's one problem. You know what that problem is? The problem is that he uses charter jets, which use fuel, which is completely against that. He has chauffeurs and limousines taking him from place to place. When they talk about gun control, they have bodyguards, armed guards, so that if anything goes down, they're not only protected, but the people going after them are probably going to get shot. This is all a power play. That's all this is by Ocasio-Cortez and these socialist Democrats. They want power. They want to tell you and everybody how to live our lives, what transportation modes we can and cannot take, what types of fuel sources and energy sources we can or cannot use. None of these sources that they're looking for that have net zero emissions and you do not utilize fossil fuels are anywhere near ready for mass production and mass use. Some of them work well in certain parts of the country because different parts of the country have different amounts of sunlight. Different amounts of the country have different amounts of wind. For sections of the country that are not that windy or are not that sunny, like Alaska, in terms of sun, you're really dealing with some screwy situations. She has no idea what she's talking about. She's a hypocrite because what she's aspiring to do, it's like, oh, it's a challenge, but it needs to be done because if we don't, then the earth's going to end in 12 years. It's BS. They've been saying that since 1922. That was one of the first reports about the polar ice caps melting and how sea levels are going to rise. We're all going to die. This has been going on for almost 100 years. This is nothing new. It's just more publicized now because Al Gore did his whole spiel after he lost the presidential election. He did those two documentaries, said we'd be dead by like 2016. Hi, Al Gore. We're still here. Like, come on. This is so stupid. This is so stupid. How are you going to garner public support if you actually go into the issues and stop with your three main talking points and actually dissect everything? It makes zero sense. Anyone who knows anything about anything will be able to dissect it piece by piece. This is just a power play disguises. This is what's best for us and the world. And we need to do this. The government needs to do this because you are incapable of making the right decisions. No, we are not incapable. If we continued to let the private sector work at this, most people, believe it or not, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Leonardo DiCaprio and all you morons on the left who have no idea what you're talking about, most people are actually environmentally conscious. I don't see too many people throwing bottles and plastic out of their cars when they're driving. I don't see too much litter anywhere. I see most people, when they're done with something that can be detrimental to the environment, throw it out. Most people recycle, whether they have recycling come by where they live and that they put cans outside once a week, or they go to the grocery store and they put in their bottles and cans there. People do that. Most people do because they're environmentally conscious. And there are conflicting reports about how bad a lot of these things are for the environment anyway. There are, you know, you have these awful examples of like, for example, those rings that are around cans and they get into the ocean and then they get stuck around sea turtles when they're young and then when they grow and get bigger, 
They look like they're kind of inverted because it constricts their shells and everything. And yes, that's messed up. And yes, we should make an effort to do that. But that can be done in a much better way through private charity and the private sector. The government never does anything well. The only thing the government does well is steal yours and my money. So stay out of it, please. She's not going to. But God, I cannot stand her. I, I mean, Evan gets really <laughs> going about her. But I mean, the stupidity in the last couple of weeks is ridiculous. I don't understand where it comes from. But we're going to lead off with that because she's going to do this massive nationwide tour that's just not going to help anybody in any way. And it's completely contradictory to what she wants to eliminate within the next 10 years. Now let's get down to more pressing local issues. And now it was official. There was speculation for the last week or two that it would happen. And finally it did. Amazon has abandoned its plans to build its Long Island City HQ2. As early as a couple of days ago, they had been in public meetings with public groups who were in opposition and try and pitch them on the benefits of being here. But alas, they will not be. So they did plan, uh, they did abandon their plans to build a new headquarters after facing stiff resistance from some local politicians who objected to giving one of the world's most valuable companies billions of dollars in tax incentives. Well, they're obviously feeling the heat because I'll say it again, and like I've said it for the past week or so since we found out, this state is going to receive is in a 2.3 billion dollar budget deficit. We received 2.3 billion dollars less in income tax revenue than was expected. Why? Because wealthy New Yorkers are leaving. They do not want to continue to pay more and more in state and local taxes and get less and less in return. That's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's going to continue to happen under this blue legislature and Governor Cuomo's terrible reign. So this is what you get. And they were hoping that Amazon would come in here and they would pay for, you know, that would make up for the loss and then some. When in actuality, they were receiving billions of dollars in tax breaks and incentives. But there was a reason they were receiving that. And it's, I, I agree with some of the opposition that it's not fair that a huge company like that, who can maybe afford these tax, you know, not to have these tax incentives, is getting it. And small businesses are struggling just to file and get things going in New York State. But at the end of the day, um, Amazon would have brought in, let's see what the figures were. Amazon would have brought in 25,000 jobs and it would have invested $2.5 billion into Long Island City, which is a New York City neighborhood. So they would have done a lot of good for a lot of people. And a lot of people upstate in central New York and even here out on the island, are like, well, what, what are they going to do for us? Unless we're, we have a technical job and we apply and we decide to move closer to there, what good does that do us? Well, if Amazon was treated better by local state politicians in these groups, and by the way, 70%, this was a poll, 70, 70% of New Yorkers wanted them to come here. Most people did. Why? The jobs, the, in, the investment into our neighborhoods. But no, they're worried about gentrification. I, okay, if, you, if you've never lived in and around the city, I have, if you've never lived in and around the city, it is expensive. It's really expensive just to rent. I have a friend who's a doctor who pays almost four grand a month for a one-bedroom apartment that is slightly smaller than where I live now. That's ridiculous. And I pay about a quarter of that for where I live now. And I'm just a couple of counties over. 
It's ridiculous how much rent is and obviously how much property is. But obviously with Amazon coming in, they would not only invest in their corporate headquarters and the offices associated with that, but then you have technical people. These are not, these are corporate jobs. These were not factory jobs. These were corporate jobs, people who were making high salaries, and those people were going to move to in and around the city and invest back into the community. That's how that would have worked. And if, and if New York actually treated Amazon well, one would speculate, then what they'd be able to do at that point is say, huh, New York State's really treating us well. Why don't we look in other areas where property and taxation and regulation is not nearly as high, and maybe we can have separate offices. Maybe we'll go to central New York. Maybe we'll go to upstate New York. Maybe we'll invest there. Maybe we'll hire people there. And then you can make these places that were thriving 50, 60 years ago and are now desolate because the companies that were providing the vast majority of jobs there moved out due to excessive taxation, due to excessive red tape and regulation. Maybe then they could come in and with the incentives given to them by state and local officials, they would then be able to kind of save the state, to give them the tax revenue they needed, and to keep people here. But now we're screwed entirely. We're screwed entirely because we cannot get our crap together because we elect these morons into office. So Amazon spent a year a year conducting a public search for a second headquarters in which hundreds of locations vied for a shot at promised 50,000 jobs, excuse me, and $5 billion in investment. And they decided on here and by uh, Crystal Lake in Virginia. Amazon said it won't reopen its headquarters search now that it's pulled out. It will continue to add jobs at its other headquarter locations in Northern Virginia, as well as offices in Nashville and other tech hubs around the country. Behind the scenes, Amazon executives had focused on expanding in places where the company is wanted, according to people familiar with the matter, particularly in light of the flack the company had taken in Seattle from residents and local politicians over transportation, housing, and other issues. Huh, sounds familiar. And they hadn't even started here yet. And they did face criticism, again, because they questioned the money. Look, it's not fair that, pe- that powerful companies, powerful people get breaks that the average Joe Schmo like you or me don't get. It sucks. But guess what? They would have done a whole lot more good than the bad from getting the tax breaks. A lot of these state and local politicians are desperate. Why? Because people are waking up. You look at the, you know, I talked about it yesterday. You look at Cuomo bitching and moaning about the fact that you can only take a $10,000 cap. And I've talked to people who are high earners and they're not happy about that at the federal level. But at the same time, they also realize that their state and local taxes go up year after year after year. They're paying more and more and more just here. And they paid less into federal taxes. So all in all, President Trump did his job. I have no problem with him doing that. We should not have to. When, okay. When you file your taxes and you're paying your, your fair share to the federal, state, and local governments, at the end of this year, you know what you should get back? Zero. You should pay in what you need to, and that's it. That's why a lot of people, by the way, don't pay any tax. They, you know, they keep a separate account and they let it build up over the course of the year. They figure that they're going to have to pay between, you know, I don't know, uh, twenty to thirty percent or whatever, and they keep it in an account. They stash it away, and then when it comes tax time, they hire an accountant. They walk through everything with them and they say, "Okay, your tax bill is going to be X," and you send that check in. That's how you do it. That's the best way to do it. You should not 
blindly let your employer just take or, or a program like QuickBooks like I use for my business. You should not let those things take money out of your check so you get a reimbursement. Yes, a lot of people rely on that reimbursement when they get it back. They get thousands of dollars back often and they're able to do things around the house maybe that need to be done. They can make an investment that they couldn't make otherwise because they weren't bringing in enough money after taxes. So the reimbursement was a way for them to do better. But overall, this is a good thing that Trump did. But state and local taxes are ridiculous. Red tape's ridiculous. I talked about this yesterday. My parents downsized. They're moving to a new home. They have to have some work done on the home first before they sold the current one they're in. And the ridiculousness of the number of permits needed for a sink, for, you know, and what they have to pay for a permit for a sink, sometimes it costs almost as much as the damn sink and installation. <laughs> like, it's nuts. But that's what's happening at the local and state levels. And that's what was going to happen to Amazon. And I think, too, sitting through these local meetings, hearing what local state politicians and opposition had to say, not only did they not like the opposition, period, they thought they were coming into a place where they were welcome with open arms, where the people closest to Long Island City were the ones most vehemently against it. Well, a lot of people, you know, outside of Long Island City were happy about it. It would have been a positive situation, in my opinion. Had we let them come in and not given them so much crap, and had they done their homework earlier, they probably never would have chose New York over another location. But uh, had they not gotten the flack, they probably would have not only invested in Long Island City, but like I said, they probably would have looked at cheaper locations in central and upstate New York, and they would have continued to expand their worker base if they were provided certain incentives. Now they have no incentive, A, from a financial standpoint, and then B, with the public outcry, even though, yes, again, 70% of New Yorkers supported them coming here, the 30 were very loud minority. And this was epitomized by, again, our favorite congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who tweeted yesterday, quote, anything is possible. Today was the day a group of dedicated everyday New Yorkers and their neighbors defeated Amazon's corporate greed, its worker exploitation, and the power of the richest man in the world. My God, someone has to just put, like, just tie something around our mouth and make her stop. Or, or also her fingers. Like, take her phone away. Don't let her tweet. Don't let her speak. It's just infuriating. This is not good for New York. This is bad. This is a bad look. This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs. Whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforallocations.com. And to make matters somewhat worse in breaking news, President Trump has announced that he will not only sign the spending deal on the table before tomorrow's deadline, but he will declare a national emergency to build the wall. I was afraid of this. Let's get into it. Mr. Uh, Mitch McConnell said, quote, he's prepared to sign the bill. He will also be issuing a national emergency declaration at the same time. This is confirmed by our Senate Majority Leader. Shortly after Mr. McConnell spoke, the spending bill was approved by the Senate on an 83 to 16 vote, keeping the deal on track. A declaration of a national emergency could enable Mr. Trump to divert funds from elsewhere to fund the wall. Democrats are expected to challenge any efforts, of course, to move money around without congressional approval. Quote, we cannot repeat the disastrous government shutdown, so it is incumbent on Congress to come together to reasonably fund our government, said House Appropriations Committee Chairwoman Nita Lowy. 
who's a Democrat from New York, who led the 17 lawmaker group that struck the agreement. Quote, this legislation represents a bipartisan compromise and will keep our government open while funding key priorities. The deal reached by senior lawmakers this week includes $1.38 billion for just 55 new miles of physical barriers, but may not fully end the long-running debate over the border wall. President Trump, who made building the wall a cornerstone of his presidential campaign, yes, has suggested he may take additional steps on his own to direct more money to the wall's construction. He said, and I quote on Wednesday, We have got a lot of funds for a lot of other things. With a wall, they want to be stingy. We have options that most people don't really understand. Democrats, meanwhile, celebrated the fact that the new physical barriers will be largely fencing and levee wall, not concrete wall. And they pointed to other funding in the spending package for Democratic priorities, including affordable housing, census outreach, and a 1.9% pay raise for federal civilian workers. Honestly, if he does declare a national emergency, and obviously all signs point to who he is, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said as much today after getting off the phone with President Trump to the press. This was the worst case scenario for this whole situation. Let's take this back. When we needed to approve federal funding right before the government shutdown, he wanted $5.7 billion to build a wall, you know, between 250 to 260 miles worth of wall, equivalent to 12 hours of federal funding. Not a lot to ask considering a year or two back, they were willing to give him five to six times that, which for some reason was not taken. That's on him, in my opinion. Anyway, so now we're settling for just under $2 billion instead of getting the $5.7 billion. He's signing it into law. And now, not only that, they're going to get affordable housing BS, the census outreach stuff, which, by the way, if you're not familiar with what that is, they don't want to ask anymore. You know, when, when they go around and they do the census to try and see how many people in the country, where they're from, how many are citizens versus non-citizens, etc., they used to ask, are you a citizen or a non-citizen? And it's not like they would be calling ICE two seconds later. Hey, we got some illegals here. They just did that so we had an idea of who was in our country. Now, they can't ask their citizenship status. That's part of the census outreach amendments. Nuts, right? So we have no idea who's going to be here now. That is a Democratic trick, as is affordable housing. We talked about this on the show yesterday with a lot of blue states, but now they're trying to do this all around the country. The federal, state governments have no, should have no say no say in what property owners can or cannot charge. If in a free market system, a property owner is charging too much to either buy or to rent or lease a property, then guess what? They're not going to sell or rent or lease the property. And their competitors in their neighborhoods, in their cities, wherever they are, will do better because they'll see, ha, they're charging X. Nobody's paying that, so I'm going to charge Y, which is lower. And I'm going to take in the people who want property for whatever the reason, but they're not going to get it from them. That's how the free market works. Again, guess what? Person A would then have to readjust their prices so that they can be competitive in the marketplace. That's what would have happened. But federal and state intervention means there will be rent control. There will be other things that are going to stymie the real estate industry. And that's not going to be good anywhere because developers are going to leave these places and then when there's nowhere left for them to go in the united states they're either going to stop doing real estate altogether which then turns it over to the state and federal governments and they are either going to move to other countries that have freer regulations in that regard or they're going to or they're going to go into something altogether that maybe the government hasn't gotten its grubby little hands into yet 
That's just a fact. So this isn't, this isn't good. This, this isn't good. And I'll tell you why it's not good. A lot of people, and this is probably going to get some flack here in the group and from anybody who really wants the wall built. And I'm not saying I don't want the wall built. I do want the wall built. So I'm just putting that out there. But at the same time, Barack Obama, I believe it was three or four times, he declared a national emergency to do things that he wanted because Congress wouldn't cooperate with him. We should not be declaring a national emergency. The president shouldn't do that unless it's really, really, truly an emergency. And a lot of conservatives say, well, look at the angel moms and blah, blah, blah. And they're playing on your emotions in that respect. Yes, illegal immigration is a problem, whether it's through our southern border or through other ports of entry. It is a problem and it needs to be addressed. The wall should be built. The Democrats, now that they have the House, which is the first place legislation has to pass through before it gets to the Republicans in the Senate, before it gets to President Trump's desk. They have power now. They did not two years ago. This is on the president. This is on Republicans at the House and Senate levels, whether they're still in office after the 2018 returns or they lost their seats. It's on them. It's on us. We messed up. And now we're screwed. And now he's declaring a national emergency. It's overstepping his bounds. That's overstepping his bounds. People argue about this, and even people who are very familiar with constitutional law are back and forth on this. Some say that he has every right to do so, and he can back it up and support it with facts, which he did during the State of the Union and in other speeches about illegal immigration. But at the same time, it's not like another country's trying to invade our own. Now, the Democrats are trying to let everybody in, just like Europe let everybody in, and look what's happened to most of Western Europe, which used to be a beacon of freedom and liberalism and BS. It's not good to do that. We need to try and reestablish our checks and balances. And I know it's almost impossible with the gridlock going on between the House and the Senate. Because the Democrats have the House, Republicans have the Senate. They're not going to agree. Most Republicans want the wall. Most Democrats don't. So there's a lot of issue there. So I think that this is an overreach. And I said this, and you could go back and look if you want, a month or so back during the shutdown. And I said, whatever happens with the next spending bill, whether he decides to do a government shutdown or he decides to declare a national emergency if a resolution is not reached, I think that will determine 2020. I mean, so far we're lucky that no one who's decided to run for the Democrats is a good candidate. None of them are. They're terrible candidates. They're not inspiring. They're all frauds. They're all going to pick each other apart and make it easy on the American people who are ignorant about policy. You're going to make everyone look bad. They're all going to look bad. All their dirty laundry is going to come out that we already know about because, you know, we stay up to date on these things. But this is not good because he's doing what Obama did. He's doing what he said he wouldn't. You know, I know he's put this on the table after he signed the temporary um, alleviation of the shutdown. And I know it's bad PR and bad press every day of the shutdown. Oh, look at these people, 800,000 without work or without a paycheck, blah, blah. They get their paychecks. They get them prorated too with interest. And also federal employees are getting almost a 2% raise across the board this year. Even though President Trump did not want that to happen, A. And B, he said he was going to cut funding to every government agency by 5% this coming year. Neither of which is happening. It's because we lost power. And this isn't, this isn't a way caving, in my opinion. Some will say he's not caving. He's declaring a national emergency. He's going to find the funds. He's going to build the wall in other ways. 
That's going around their checks and balances. That's not a good look on him. And they're going to use that against him. They already are. They're already going to challenge us and say, look, this has to get through Congress. The way it's supposed to work is it gets through us and gets to his desk. If we all agree, he signs it into law, and off we go. If he doesn't like the bill, he shouldn't sign it into law. I agree with that, actually. He should not. I know another shutdown in such a short period of time, and one that may not end, is ridiculous. But... I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The best thing he can do is shut it down again. And then, instead of just sitting back and trying to negotiate, say, you know what? Screw it. Let's go down to the border. Go to Border Patrol. Go to ICE. Have them explain what's going on. Have them literally show the mainstream media. Invite them down there. Show them what it's like down there. Show them what issues lie with not having border fencing or wall, whatever the hell you want to call it, in certain parts of the southern border. Show them how many people get across. Show them, that the, show them how things work. And then show them how the Democrats are being unreasonable. How we do need this. How this is something that the country needs. And guess what? They'll commit their political suicide. The tides will turn. They kind of were during the shutdown. Instead of being on him, it was starting to get on the Democrats. Because he kept seceding. First, he wanted to give 50% of DACA recipients amnesty. Obama wasn't even willing to do that. That's probably the most progressive thing a Republican president has ever done in the form of illegal immigrants. Secondarily, he was willing to go to about the 2.8 to $3 billion range instead of the 5.7 that he originally wanted. He showed he was willing to work with them. They showed nothing. So if you continue to show, I'm willing to give them stuff in exchange for what we feel we need based on border security and ICE and all these other agencies that are actually familiar with this situation and this crisis. And if you, if you were to go down there, do what he does best. Just put on a show and have the experts show them that, show the people that. I guarantee we'd have a different outcome. I don't think this is good. And if the Democrats can get an inspiring candidate, which I don't think they will, but if they can get an inspiring candidate, I I don't know. (laughs) A week ago or even earlier this week, if you asked me, what do you think his chances of re-election? I'd say they were close to 100%. Now, I don't think, I still think he has a better than 50% chance of winning just based on the field. But I think it severely hurts his chances and it hurts his credibility. And it gives them a little bit of credence into the fact that, yes, he could, you know, he's a tyrant. You know, he's Hitler, blah, blah, blah. And look at what he's doing now. He's declaring a national emergency. He's going around Congress, which he's not supposed to do. And he's doing this. And he could try and justify it all he wants. That it is a national emergency, and it is a crisis, and it needs to be dealt with, and they're not willing to work with us, and they're not. But that's not how you do it. You need to apply pressure to them. A shutdown would do that. Taking the mainstream media down there, not demonizing them, just showing them, look, this is why we're doing this. Show them video. Give them interviews with experts. Show them that. The more you show them that... The more that you leak to the press, we tried negotiating with the Democrats this week on a new spending bill. Here's what we were willing to give them. Show that you're being more than generous, just like he already was, again, with the DACA, 50% getting amnesty and reducing almost in half the amount that he was asking for. And look, they're still not coming to the table. Then you turn the tide on them. Then the people see that the enemy isn't him, like they've been taught to believe from inception. It's them. Then any credibility that Anything they have goes to crap. And he has an even bigger leg up heading into 2020. And then who knows 
Between that, not only would he win a re-election, we could not only maintain the Senate, but we can win back the House. It doesn't make any sense to me why this would be the way to go. And I know there's controversy in the group. Please let me know what you think in the comments below. But personally, that's what I think. That's what they're going to pounce on, and we need to be ready for it. Guys, if you liked today's episode, again, please subscribe on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, however you're watching or listening to this, and leave us a five-star review where applicable. It always helps. We're looking to attract sponsors. And please share it with other New York-based conservatives who you feel would benefit from the program. We really appreciate how quickly we've grown. We're closing in on 10,000 followers on our Facebook page. That's outstanding. We only started a couple of weeks before the midterms in 2018, and we're here to stay. And again, I mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. Evan, Justin, and myself are paying to reach you. We're paying out of our own pockets. None of us are rolling in it. We're struggling just like many of you are financially, but we're so passionate about this. We wanted to bring this to you. And we've been lucky. We've gotten a couple of sponsors and we have donors on, on file. And so thank you to those of you who are donors. Mailbag's tomorrow, by the way. So if you're a donor, all we ask for each month is $5. So a cup of overpriced Starbucks coffee that Howard Schultz originated and is now going further and further into the crapper. Just that one time a month on a monthly basis will get you a Don't Let Fear Take Your Freedom wristband. It'll get you mailbag access every Friday where we will send you an email that morning before our show in the afternoon and say, hey, what do you want us to talk about? Or if we have a guest on, what would you like us to ask him or her? And we'll give you a background about them so you, you can see. If you know who they are, great. If you don't, whatever, you can look them up and then you can send in questions. And guess what? You will dictate the conversation because that show is for you, the donors. So just, that's just $5 a month. If you can afford $50 for the entire year, saving you $10 for the year if you want to donate to us, not only do you get the wristband, not only do you get mailbag access, but you'll also get a free Empire Stick and Serve Network hoodie with logo on the front, name a number on the back like a sports jersey, size is small to 5XL, no matter how big or small you are, we have a size for you. It'll really help us out. And again, it's just our way of saying thanks. If you buy that stuff through our store on the website, between that and shipping, you're paying about 72, 73 bucks. But you get it all for 50 if you do a one-time donation through our website, EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com forward slash donate. Guys, thanks so much for watching or listening. This is Pete. Evan and I will be coming back at you tomorrow on Evan's birthday, no less. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey, everyone. It's Evan from Empire State Conservative Network. Please check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, and on Twitter at Empire State Cons. Also, check out our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com store for all current and future merchandise to help melt the snowflakes in your life. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.